Good morning. Um, wasn't that great to have Ari back with us? Isn't that awesome? I, I was telling Ari and Andy, they had one of the best, most beautiful weddings I've ever been in. I mean, I wasn't in it. I was there. Outdoors, I loved it. And then, um, thank you again for all of you that participated in the, um, the work day yesterday. Uh, I never, we had a great turnout, but people stayed after lunch, and that's, normally they split. They're gone. And, but man, they stayed, and they fellowship and they did some more work. It was just a great day, and the church looks great. Thank you to all for jumped in on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pastor Jeff is taking a well-deserved week off, and I'm not a preacher, but I am a Sunday school teacher. So, so why am I up here? Uh, it's about two years ago, Pastor Tim was, was starting to move into the uh, thought of moving to Idaho and so we had an elder meeting and he was going to be gone for four weeks and so we go all right we got to fill the pulpit right so we got uh, Lance he'd take a week and Bob took a week and they had a guest and then they had this uh, silence and they were kind of looking around the room and what are you guys looking at and Pastor Tim said I think you would do a good job Okay, so we blame Pastor Tim for me being up here. Here's the definition of, a, um, <clears throat> of preaching. To deliver a sermon or a religious address to a group of people, typically in a church. Now here's a more heavy uh, description, definition of preaching. Preaching in the New Testament, according to Jonathan Griffiths, he's a preacher, he knows, is a public declaration declaration of God's word by a commissioned agent that stands in the line of continuity with Old Testament prophetic ministry. A commissioned agent. Um, not sure that's me. But here's what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All scripture, you guys need to hold on to this. All scripture, all of it, the entire Bible, is God-breathed it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I can do that. I can be your teacher today. You're going to be my class, okay? You good with that? All right. All right, before we get started, um, I want to just share a little about who I am. I'm, uh, I'm a 68-year-old retired contractor. Uh, been with my wife, semi-retired, been with my wife for 45 years, father of two sons, I love my boys. We've been going to the Ottawa Bible Church for 34 years, we've lived in Ottawa for 41 years. <clears throat> some of you know me, some of you don't. And, and I'll have to say this, that in our elder meetings, we do a lot of praying, we do planning, we do all these things, and, and we pray over this church, and I feel at times pangs of guilt that I don't know some of you. And I want to change that. I want to get to know more and more of the body of Christ here at the Ottawa Bible Church. So I would love to do that. We'll talk more about that. Um, I do want to share my testimony with you. So why is that important? Well, we all have a testimony. Everybody has a testimony of what God did in their life. He did something in my life, and I'm going to share that with you this morning. And here's why it's important. Revelation 12, 11. 
And they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb of Jesus, they conquered him. Who's him? Well, we know that him is uh, Satan, Beelzebub, Lord of the flies, the deceiver, the murderer, the evil one, the prideful one. They conquered him by the blood of Jesus and by the word of their testimony. So what does the testimony include? Well, it, it includes three things. Your life, my life before Christ, how I met Jesus, and what my life is like now. So, let's get going. My life before Christ. Um, I really don't like to go back and think about it, to be honest with you. Uh, I would say self-absorbed. Um, weekend parties, uh, alcohol, lust, pornography, drugs, and stuff I'm ashamed of and I don't like thinking about. At that point in my life, um, I was focused on something, and I'll share here in a minute. Um, but when Janet and I moved up here to Idlewild, um, in 1981, we would go backpacking. We would go up into the high country. I love the high country. There's nothing more beautiful, more serene, more peaceful than being up in the high country. And those of you that hiked up there, you know, in two or three hours, we can be up there. So we would backpack up there. We lived on uh, Marion View, just down from the American Legion. And my neighbor across the street uh, had um, a pen. It was a horse corral. And there was this big brown mule in that horse corral big brown mule. And every day I'd look at that mule and I got to thinking, you know, that guy could carry my pack up into the high country. And so, a thousand dollars later, we have a brown mule named Silas. And boy, he's, uh, he's something else. Uh, that's another story. So, my life was focused on um, horses, mules, uh, packing, I loved saddling up that mule and going out with some beer and some Jim Beam. And yeah, that was my life. God, in the meantime, was going to work on me. He started to work on me. It all started with a phone call from my grandmother. And she said this. She goes, Wayne, I've, I, I'm praying for you. And man, it, it just it hit me. It nailed me. Like, my grandma knows how I'm living. She knows something's not right. And it it, it brought me to tears, and I said, okay, okay, Grandma, I got to go. Well, then, uh, an aunt of mine gave me a book called <clears throat> Captured on Gold Mountain, a little paperback book, and it talked about this guy who lived up in Bishop in the Owens Valley, and he was, he was a cowboy, he, he was a gold miner, he was a drinker, he was a, a womanizer, and I'm reading this book, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. Well, he was at the bottom of a gold mine, and he didn't find no gold. He was, was a failure. And this, this book talks about how he did find something down at the bottom of a gold mine. He found Jesus. Wow. Hmm, interesting. And then there was Doug Yoel. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, he was a senior. He was the cool guy, right? You guys all had those when you look up for somebody cool? Football, basketball, girls, uh, He's just Mr. Cool Guy. And I looked up to him. 
course, he moved on. But years later, I met him at the, um, the Van Buren drive-through in Riverside there. It's got those big three screens there. It's a swap meet. And he was there selling skateboard parts. And he had become a Christian. We got to talking. He gave me a Bible. And he wrote in the front of the Bible, Isaiah 48. The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the Word of God stands forever. And he goes, Wayne, you need, you need to lead your family. Yeah, yeah, right, Doug. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Well, then there was another individual, Brent Smith. We went up to uh, Mule Days up in Bishop. We loved going up to Bishop. Great place, go up in the high country in there. So we were at Mule Days, and um, it was a Sunday morning. We walked into the Charlie Brown Auditorium, the, um, the big fairgrounds there in, in Bishop. And there was the stage up there, and there's an old cowboy up there, and the, a few chairs, some people gathered around him, and, and Brent Smith was preaching the gospel. We walked in. It, it smelled like alcohol. They just had the big dance that Saturday night before. It's a Sunday morning. And uh, sat down. And Brent Smith preached the good news of Jesus Christ, this tough old hombre cowboy that I looked up to. Well, when I left, they were handing out Bibles, and they handed out these little paperback New Testaments. And on the front was this bucking bronc, this guy just riding his horse. And I go, that is cool. That's where I was at at that time. I was being convicted in the meantime by God's spirit. I, was, I worked in the desert. I would drive down there, and of course, we'd drink a bunch of beer, and then I'd come back up home. And, and I remember specifically coming through Gardner Valley where God would convict me. Just like you, I just felt like such a sinner. Just even under the influence of, of alcohol, just convicted. Get home, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm all right. Well, the final thing was um, Monty from Montana. Uh, Monty was another true cowboy. He, he was the real deal. He came down in the wintertime to get out of the snow. He was a carpenter, too, and we were building houses and clubhouses. I don't know. We built all kinds of stuff. We became friends. Uh, I liked Monty. Well, guess what? He was a Christian. So we would talk. And one Saturday, we worked some extra hours, and we got off at noon, and we sat down talking, and money goes, Wayne, it's really simple. All you got to do is say, here, I am God. I go, money, yeah, thanks. It's good for you. I'm good. Went home. Next morning, Sunday morning, got up, saddled up my mule, and, and we're going to ride up Southridge Trail just right over here. We were living on um, Saunders Meadow, right across from the meadow. You guys know, may know where that's at. So it's me, a little black dog, and, and my mule, Silas. And I had forgotten to put my spurs on. I couldn't sleep. I just saddled up, riding up the mountain. And so mules need prodding, and he would stop. And then we'd get going, and I had a little Gideon's New Testament. I don't know where I got it, but I was reading it get to a point in the road and I just felt this powerful conviction get down and I got down off that mule and with tears in my eyes I said Lord here I am 
And I got up, and we went to church. I remember going to church. We went to uh, Chapel in the Pines, just down the roads here. And um, Pastor Toby was there. He preached a great sermon. Bud Hunt, you guys that have bicycles know Bud Hunt. He just passed. Dennis Fogel, Lance's dad, was there. He was teaching Sunday school. My life changed on February 7, 1986. Out with the alcohol, out with the porn, out with friends that bring you down. I got new friends. I got new desires. I got a goal. I got a church family. I got new life in Christ. I want to be holy. We just saying that. I want to be holy. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Has it been easy? No. Has it been worth it? Yes. Yes. We started attending Chapel in the Pines, and then some friends of ours attended Ottawa Bible Church, and so we were coming to both Chapel and Ottawa Bible Church. Pastor Tim was a great preacher back then. He still, he still is. Um, we're going back and forth, and so Tim goes, you got to make a decision. you got to choose a church. And I go, no, we're good. I like both of them. I like, I like both of them. We're going back and forth every other Sunday. Finally, he said, Wayne, you got to make a decision. And so uh, there was an old couple, Ty and Lillian Compton. And, and I was pretty rough looking back in the day, beard. And, and old Ty, he in, and our infant son, Bobby, and, and Leon, who was probably about 12, just, they just loved us. I, I don't get it, but they did. And so, uh, all right, all right, we'll, we'll attend Ottawa Bible Church. And then somebody asked me, hey, uh, next Easter, can you come back and talk to the, uh, the Sunday school kids? I go, what? Me? Okay. So I go, what am I going to say? I just went back there and I shared that Christ is alive. We celebrate that. And I've been teaching Sunday school ever since. Well, today's message class, you're my class, is pay attention. Pay attention. And it's interesting. Um, the problem is I have ADD. Attention Deficit Disorder. How am I going to teach a class to pay attention? I, I was showing Janet on, the, on the, uh, the internet the other day. I have every one of the symptoms for Attention Deficit Disorder. Every one of them. I think they call it something different now. ADHD or something. I, I, I couldn't pay attention in school. I, my teacher said I was always looking out the window. I just didn't pay attention. It's ironic I'm teaching you now how to pay attention. I do take this serious. Um, this last Wednesday, I shared this with, with Jeremy. I just felt like, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do this. But he, he by the end of the day, he had picked me up and goes, you can do this. And so, if you would, just bow with me while I call on him. And Father, who am I to stand up here? But I guess the real question is, who are you? <laughs> who are you, Lord? You take something weak, you take something foolish, and you make it for your glory. Lord, I want to be humble and contrite. I want to tremble at your word. So in reverence, 
gratitude. I say, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. To you only. Amen. All right, definition of paying attention. The act or state of applying the mind to something. Students, do I have your attention? Class. Chuck Swindoll, in his book, Stress Fractures, he found himself in a point in his life where he had too many commitments. He was nervous. He was tense. He snapped at his wife and family. He was irritated. He gobbled down food. And pretty soon the whole household started being just like him. And his youngest daughter, Colleen, had something to tell him after dinner one night. Something important had happened to her. And she goes, Daddy, Daddy, I want to tell you something. And I'll tell you really fast. And it struck him. And he goes, honey, you don't have to tell me real fast. Tell me real slow. And she said, Daddy, then listen slowly. What she was saying was, pay attention. Pay attention. I believe God wants us to pay attention to him. There's about 28 verses plus or minus in the Bible that talk about paying attention. Depending on which translation you use, the King James Version used, take heed, pay attention. So let's look at some of them. Uh, Exodus 23, 13. Pay attention to all that I have said to you. And make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. By the way, I just want to uh, get a good shout out to Denise. She helped me with this, um, this presentation together. It takes a long time. I didn't realize how much work it is for this. And thank you, Denise. And thank you for many who have been praying. Um, so class, I have a question for you. I ask my class questions all the time. Does God speak to you? Does God speak to you? Yes, he does. He speaks to me. He has spoken to me. He speaks to us. Let's look at Hebrews <clears throat> 1, verses 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times, many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, also whom he created the world. God has spoken to you and me through Jesus. Are you paying attention? Are we listening? Let's move on. Proverbs 5.1. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight. So what's the context here? The context here is human sexuality. If you look at um, Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, it's talking about sex. It's talking about the good and the bad. And here's a father, my son, my son, a term of endearment. Don't go down this road. Or we could spend a whole morning or series of morning talking about human sexuality. The Bible has a lot to say about it. 
But here it is. Pay attention. Pay attention. We'll move on to First Timothy 4.16. Pay close attention to your life and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. What's the meaning of this? What is Paul saying? Well, he's talking to a young pastor named Timothy. He's passing wisdom on to him. It's a great read. You should read some of these things that he's passing on to Timothy. Pay attention to your life and to your teaching. Those two things. You know, the first time I ever got to share uh, with this church family was over there at Camp Maranatha on the lawn. And I shared Colossians 1.10. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. What's that mean? It means your life. Your life is your walk, okay? Harry saying, paying attention to your life and to your teaching. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I watch a lot of Ray Comfort. I don't know if you've watched him on YouTube. He's an a evangelist. He goes down by the beach or schools. Or he's, he's really awesome. He gets people thinking a lot. He gets them thinking. And most people will say, hey, I'm a good person. You know, I, I do good. I'm not bad. Um, yeah, I, I, I can go to heaven. Yeah, God, God will let me in. Well, if you pay attention to God's word, that's not what it says. It says we're all sinners. We're all worthless. But we do have good news. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is a gift. It's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And by the time that Ray is done, Ray Comfort on these videos, he gets people to see that. He gets the people to say, well, what about my life? What about my teaching? The Bible says pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. All right, we'll move on. 1 Kings 2.4. If your sons pay close attention. Oops. Let's go back up there a little bit. The Lord, that the Lord may establish the word that he spoke concerning me. If your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart, with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Hmm. What's the context? David is dying. He knows that he's going to be dead in a short amount of time. And that, I read that and I go, wow, what if... What if somebody told me that I was going to die next week? By next Sunday, I would not be here. This is it. This is my last Sunday. What would you do? What would I do? Well, David wants to pass something on to his family and to his sons. Boy, I hope if that opportunity comes to me that I can do the same thing, pass on something that, the God, that God has shown me. If your son, Solomon, if your sons pay close attention close attention, not just to pay attention, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart, with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. David's passing the baton to his son. 
And he's saying, pay attention. Pay attention, class. It makes me wonder about our nation. You know, our nation started off with some pretty uh, godly gentlemen. And um, I just wonder if they could have passed that on. Where would we be right now? I mean, how long has it been since we've had a good leader? I'll leave that for you to answer. If you pay attention. Okay. We're going to move into something a little more difficult. But first, we're going to be Jeremiah 29, 11. You guys all know this. <laughs> this is an awesome passage. We all love this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. That's great, isn't it? Don't we love that? Have you ever read the context of Jeremiah 29? Verse 19. Because they did not pay attention to my words that I persistently sent to them, by my servants, the prophets. But you would not listen, declares the Lord. It goes down to verse 17. I will send the sword, famine, plague against them, and I will make them like rotten figs. Verse 18. I will pursue them with sword, famine, and plague. I will make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth, a curse an object of horror, of scorn, and reproach among all the nations I drive them. I will pursue them with sword, famine, and plague because they did not pay attention. Okay, let's talk about this. Um, this is heavy stuff. War. The sword is war, right? Famine. We know what that is. People are starving. Pestilence or the plague, fatal, epidemic disease, contagious, infectious, virulent, devastating. Does that sound familiar? And God is sending this on his people? I put these pictures up because I just think by reading it, sword, famine, plague, it doesn't drive it home. This is what we're talking about. Why? Why? We'll go to the next slide, Teresa. Famine, plague, God sending this to his people. I thought he wanted to prosper them. I thought he had plans for them. Well, the truth is, this is what they deserve. This, is, this, this context is judgment. This is God judging his people. And, and, I, and I ask myself, is that fair? I'm going to say it is. I believe in a God who's just. Nobody gets what they don't deserve. Nobody 
it's just, I think it's fair. And it was really interesting this morning. Um, we were doing a sound check with this device here. And so Lance says, just, just start reading. And so, okay, so I just grab my, my phone, I grab my Bible, and I start reading. And I'm reading in um, Hosea 6, and I'm reading with a sound check, and I go, oh, this is what, this is what I'm talking about. Listen to this. Gilead is a city of evildoers tracked with blood. Robbers lie in wait for a man. Priests band together to murder. This is getting pretty bad. In the house of Israel, I have seen a horrible thing. Ephraim's whoredom is there. They do not consider that I remember all their evil. Their deeds surround them. They are before my face. Their evil they make, the, by their evil they make the king glad. They had a king who was happy when they were doing evil things. And by their princes, their treachery. They are all adulterers. They are like a heated oven whose baker ceases to stir the fire. they deserve and yet God says I have a plan for them judgment because why they did not pay attention class let's pay attention let's pay attention okay we need a break we need a little break and, and I got one for you we'll go to the next slide we needed this break here this is my granddaughter Whew, I needed this Janet and I do something every morning. Um, we, we do three things. We pray, we sing, and we, and we read God's word, okay? And this, we pray for our two boys. We pray for their families. And I pray for this little girl. This girl is such a gift. God is just, I get down, and all I have to do is just like look at a picture of her and like, oh, thank you, God. But at the same time, I have concerns about um, her what kind of generation is she going to grow up in I, I love um, we took her to church at Harvest and Riverside there where, where they live and we were singing praise music I wish I had the video and she's, she's we're out die, outdoors and she's drinking her bottle and the praise music and then she's lifting up her hands and it, it was so beautiful but, uh, yeah, we needed a break, so I thought I'd throw that up there. Oh, by the way, I want to go back up a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about God's judgment for his people. One of the things they did amongst all these things, uh, sexual perversion, murder, theft, stealing, not paying attention to God, one of the things they did was uh, child sacrifice. Uh, we live in a state that is right now considering, it's called AB, Assembly Bill 2223, that is, a, is considering this, and it may go to vote real soon. We're going to get you more information on this. That anybody who gives birth to a child, a baby, my granddaughter, up to 28 days later, if that child dies, no questions asked, it's, it's perfectly fine. The police can do nothing. Uh, attorney generals can do nothing. Our state, California, wants to be the abortion capital of the United States. 
Our governor said that. Wow. Pure evil. Let's move on. Uh, Matthew 22.5. They paid no attention. And they went off. One to his farm, another to his business. What's the context here? The context here is uh, a parable that, that uh, Jesus taught. It's about the master who wants to have this great big feast. And he, he goes to all this effort to put this feast together. It's going to be great. It's going to be a party. We're all going to be together. He sends out the invitation. And people go, I don't think I'm going to that. They paid no attention. One went to his farm. One went to his business. They paid no attention. What a tragedy. We'll move on. Mark 4.24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. This slide won't be up there. Pay attention. This is Jesus. Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, if the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And still more will be added to you. He's saying, pay attention to how you give. What's your giving like? Pay attention. We'll go on to uh, Isaiah 48, 18. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Wow, I like this. God's peace like a river, his righteousness like the waves of the sea. But you see that word, oh? Oh. I see disappointment in that. I see thwarted love. I see a wishful desire of God. Oh. If you paid attention, I had a feast. You look at a river, abundant, powerful, flowing, whole, health, prosperity, fertile. Your peace would have been like that river if you'd paid attention. You know, I think of, um, when I think of a river, Revelation talks about a river. You guys know where that river originates from? The throne of God. Out of the throne of God is this river. Oh, I look forward to that river. Hosea 5.1. Here's another punishment context. Hear this, O priest. That's like pastors, leaders, elders. Pay attention, O house of Israel. Give ear, O house of the king, for the judgment is for you. You have been a snare. You have spread a net. Pay attention, God says. They're like traps that trap an innocent animal. Priest! Leaders, pastors. Wow. 
Zechariah 1.4 also says this, Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out. God speaking. He sent his prophets. They're crying out. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear. They did not pay attention, declares the Lord. Well, if, if you read God's word, you, you have to find that you discover that that's nothing new. Uh, in the time of the flood, people weren't paying attention. The time of Sodom and Gomorrah, people were not paying attention. As it was in the days of Lot, people were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were selling, they were planting, they were building, business as usual, without regard for their sins. They were not paying attention. Oh, here's one. Acts 20, 28. Pay careful attention. Ooh, careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is to pastors and elders and deacons in some respects. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to your flock. Hmm. To care for the church of God which he obtained by his own blood. You guys have been purchased by the blood of God. And we better take that serious. How we attend to the flock. Second Peter 1.19. Um, this is an interesting one. It says, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention to. The context here is, is Peter's talking about um, the transformation of Jesus, and he, he saw it with his own eyes. But he's saying there's something even more important for us to pay attention to, and that's God's word, the prophetic ministry. Pay attention to that. Hebrews 2.1. This is a warning. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. We must pay closer attention. Anybody feel like you're drifting every now and then? Sometimes I drift. I don't like it. And I need to pay attention. Okay. Here's some things that we should not pay attention to, okay? We're, we know we need to pay attention to God, to his word. Here's some things that we do not pay attention to. Ecclesiastes 7.21. And if you're a, um, a leadership or if you're an employee, employer, I'm sorry, um, it says this. Do not pay attention to every word that people say, or you may hear your servants cursing you. Hmm. What does that mean? That's... People talking behind your back and it gets to you and like you get all upset about it. We want to listen to people, but sometimes we, there's things we don't take to heart. I'm not going to listen to that. I think the world wants to talk to us and pay attention. And there's many times we say, nah, I'm not going to listen to that. Here's another one. This is in Daniel 
this, this context is um, these three men are just, they're ready to get, um, they're ready to get annihilated by Nebuchadnezzar. And so Nebuchadnezzar, this guy, this guy is a, a bad hombre, by the way, if you read in Gen Jeremiah 29, 22, he roasted people. He roasted people by the fire. Um, in Jeremiah 29, 22, it talks about two false prophets. And somehow they ended up in Nebuchadnezzar, justly probably, and he roasted them. He slowly burned them to death. Wow. So here we are. We have uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And um, it says, These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They don't pay attention. And this guy is a bad hombre. He's, he's angry. He's hot. He's going to make them pay, but they pay no attention to him. Well, you, as you know the story, they go in the fire, and he looks in the fire and goes, I see three men in there. Wait! There's a fourth man. We believe that fourth person to be Jesus in the fire with him. They paid no attention to Nebuchadnezzar. They were paying attention to something else. Well, let's talk about other gods briefly. Um, what, what are our priorities? What are, what's my priorities in my life? What are distractions in your life? Let's talk about that just for a minute. How do you live your lives? What do you take in? What's important to you? There was a time in my life where it was horses, mules, and Coors, and Jim Beam. That's all gone. What do I now? How do I live my life now? What is important to me? What do you pay attention to? Facebook? Twitter? Instagram? The news? The media? TV? Sports. Oh, and I got a confession on that one. Um, years ago, I, I guess I'm still a hockey fan, but years ago I was a big hockey fan. And I remember sitting right in these chairs in here, Pastor Tim's preaching, and my mind was on hockey. My team was the Anaheim Ducks. In 2006, they won the, uh, the uh, Stanley Cup. And man, it was, oh, I just loved hockey. It's just a great game. So what really nailed me one time was, um, oh, after they won the Stanley Cup, my sister-in-law, she's a big hockey fan too, okay? So she brings me all these f photographs and memorabilia and all this stuff of the, the Anaheim Ducks. And so we put it all in my basement up on a wall. And it was a great team, uh, some really good players. But we had Isaac Shirley um, over to our house one time. And I got something out of the basement for him. And he walks down there and he goes, wow. Look at your duck shrine. And it hit me. A shrine? I'm paying attention to something. And he sees it as a shrine. Well, I will say right now, um, sports are really not big in my life right now. I just like, what does it matter? What does it matter? And I know some of you are a big sports fan. I was, I'm confessing that um, I sat right there thinking about sports when Pastor Tim was preaching God's word. What a, wow. 
Uh, other things that are distractions. Politics. Oh, boy. Um, movies. Entertainment. Food. <laughs> Food can be <laughs> a great thing. Um, here's something I did run across in regards to movies. And, and I try, I try not to... Well, here, I'll just share this with you. 90% of the top grossing movies... 90% of the top grossing movies contain at least one violent main character. Okay, we're paying attention. Paying attention here. And this violent main character often engages in other risky behavior like sex and drinking. And you may say, well, no big deal. Um, that's just part of the movie. But here's something to think about. We talked about uh, God's judgment uh, in the flood. It says that he saw that the earth was violent and full of all kinds of evil. And he destroyed it all. Only eight people made it. Eight people that were paying attention. Distractions. Okay, let's talk about that. A friend of mine uh, years ago told me that if all we did was listen to the Bible, we'd be very boring people. And at that point in my life, I kind of agreed with him. Yeah, it'd be pretty boring. I, I don't feel that way now. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I, I want more. And I'll put on uh, earphones and, man, I'll put on some, of, some speakers, I mean, some, some sermons. I just, I love taking it in. I want to pay more attention to what God has for me. Another man told me, he doesn't like listening to K-Wave Radio. Um, and the reason he doesn't like listening to K-Way radio is because there was too much preaching. And he was a missionary for Wycliffe. Pay attention. You know, we do pay a lot of attention um, to what? Ourselves, right? We pay a lot of attention to ourselves. What's that called when you pay a lot of attention to yourself? Selfishness, yeah. You know, uh, we have more opportunities now than ever to take in the riches of God's Word. I mean, there's books, there's podcasts, there's videos, there's YouTube, there's GodTube, there's Bible studies. I mean, uh, how many are in a, in a home Bible study? I mean, how many? Man, I encourage you guys, there's more growth in a home Bible study. Sunday mornings, they're fine, they're, they're good. A home study, when you get together with people and you start studying God's word and you start praying and you get to know each other and you get to eat together, it's powerful stuff. There's, um, did I mention GodTube? You, you all know what YouTube is. My wife watches GodTube. There's some really good stuff on GodTube. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's got it back there. Movies, The Chosen, Fireproof. There's something called Pure Flix. I haven't got it. It's kind of like Netflix, I think, but Pure Flix, uh, yeah. So what do you pay attention to? The Bible says if we neglect so great a salvation, if we don't pay attention, there's, there are consequences. Here's a good verse. We'll start to wrap it up. Jeremiah 8.6 says, I have paid attention. I have paid attention and listen. Here's one of God's people right here. But, 
this is talking about the people he's going to speak with that God has told him to go talk with. They have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, what have I done? Everyone turns to his own course, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. You know what this, this reminds me of? By the way, good news is I have paid attention. I have listened. But this reminds me of, um, if you ever read the, the last chapter in the book of Judges, Judges, boy, it gets pretty heavy in the end there. Oh, horrible stuff, like some of those photos we showed. Judges 21, 25. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Man, that did not work out well. The uncontrollable passion of people without God. Not paying attention. But not so with us. Back to Revelation. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives even unto death. In closing, please pay attention. I don't know where you're at. I don't know the things that you struggle with. I don't know what distracts you. I do know what God wants us to pay attention to and how to live our lives. I have paid attention and listened. Well done, good and faithful servant. Someday we can hear that. Perhaps you are paying attention to God and your life is fruitful. Keep it up. Keep it up. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Keep growing. Pay attention. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Perhaps you're distracted. Maybe you need to make some changes. Perhaps you've never trusted Jesus. He's trying to get your attention. You know that. He stands at the door and knocks. He wants to come in. If that's you, boy, I would love to share the good news with you if you've never said, Jesus, here I am. Reach out to me or someone that you're comfortable with. Let's pray. Father God, I confess that I, that we are not good at paying attention. Lord, I want to change that. I want to do better. Lord, forgive us, forgive me for being so distracted by things that really don't matter. I want to know you more. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. But I can't unless you teach me, unless you lead me, unless you encourage me to pay attention to you, our great God and Savior. To you be praise and glory. Amen.